What is up? Oh, Throughline Nation, the Throughliners. I said, to, I said, I put somewhere, I'm like, uh, we need a name. Like, do we want to have a name? Someone's like, don't overthink it, bro. I'm like, dude, I'm not overthinking it. I brought it up one time. If I brought it up all the time and I was concerned, like, what should I do? That's overthinking. I'm not overthinking. I'm just like, hey, what's a, what would be a good name? Give me your suggestion. Throughliner? Oh, that's some iced tea right there. Today is the 22nd. That's not when this is coming out. Um, I'm pre-recording, guys. Tomorrow night I'm doing cordon, which for you guys is like either yesterday or like a week ago. Depends on when this comes out. I do want to say thank you for everyone who's following me over on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, J. Larson Comedy. And uh, that's just my agent texting me saying, hey, I'm not going to make it to watch you get ready for cordon tomorrow night of course you won't dude i said unbelievable um i do love him uh what was i gonna say everyone in that extra episode i love you guys for reaching out so many people were like dude i love the extra ep it was fun it's a nice little bonus right i felt like the week before was short so i was like let me hop back in there do some stuff i responded to some people i got some stuff today that you guys email me on i love getting a nice email from someone that's listening to the podcast from a through liner it was awesome um and those of you guys follow me on instagram jay larson comedy facebook jay larson comedy or comedian jay larson it's the one that has the me being me symbol I appreciate all that. Um, I'm excited to do Corden tomorrow night, you guys, and I'm excited for you guys to see it. I'll share it on social afterwards, like the next couple days. And you know what I would love? What did I just say? You what? No, I. You know what I would love is if you guys would share it too, because it means so much. Every time you share something that I post or something that you, if you, if you like it, don't tell me. Listen, what do you think? I'm dumb. All those people that email me and defended or took said, hey, man, I remember I'm a loyal Crab Feast fan and I stuck with you. You know what I mean? I know that people aren't going to like everything I do. What do you think? I'm an idiot. Dude, I love Oasis's first album. I love it. I love it. Am I in love with everything they did after that? No, I'm not. Am I in love with every single song Beastie Boys did? No. And you're going to be like, whoa, dude, blasphemy, not blasphemy. Put it on. Go ahead. Go to like your Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you listen to, and put on a playlist of Beastie Boys. Every now and then, you're going to be like, nah, I'll skip that. Okay? So, I get it. But what I'm saying is, if you're following me on social, if you if you are watching this on YouTube, like it. Comment on it. It takes you two seconds. Go right now. Be like, dude, love this. This is the best. Share it with some friends. Post it on your Facebook. Everybody wants content or something to post. Post a video clip. Be like, hey, you guys, if you if you don't watch Larson weekly, you would love this. Post it. That's all. You know how much that helps? A lot. It helps a lot. Just shows that you care. Um, and I keep putting up more and more stuff on Instagram because I love it. And it's like all I've ever wanted to do is be able to get my humor and content out to people. And I was just like, well, you could do it right there. It's your favorite place. Instagram's my favorite. I don't know what it is. I just like it. Like the interface. And I'm not a guy who says interface because I'm not an interface. You know what I mean? That's not me. So 
not every week am I going to name everyone from what emails I got. So I'm, I try to like keep in mind what people asked about and then just make it natural. Um, I do want to show you these bad boys. Got some new kicks for Corden. These are them. These are Chucks, but they're, they're like a collab. I love collabs. I think I'm a collab guy in most... I love collaborations. I love when Converse, who's been around for 100 years, takes on this brand. I had another pair of Converse I bought in Houston. They used to glow in the dark. They were white. Then they, you didn't know they glow in the dark. And then you got home, and all of a sudden you're like, well, these glow in the dark. And they made them with this company out of Japan called Arrows and Sons. And then I looked them up, Arrows and Sons, to see if they'd done anything else. And they did another collaboration with Adidas, and I bought those too. They just don't feel good on my feet. And that sucks because they're a little pricey. Excuse me. You might be looking at these. So these are Chuck Taylors. I forget the name of them. But if you just look up like little red heart thing, Google, it'll tell you. Here's the beauty. Usually like dope sneakers are very expensive. These are only 135 bucks. Now, listen to me. What? I know that sneakers, you should not be spending $135 on every pair of sneakers. You shouldn't be spending $100. That's the great thing about Chucks and Vans is like they're 40 bucks for a cool pair of sneakers that you can wear out during the day. And as a dad, I don't wear dress shoes. When do I wear dress? You know what? I'll wear a nice pair of bucks. I'll wear some nice bucks. Um, I have a great pair of white bucks. They're like cream. They're dope. And I've gotten them cleaned a couple times. And the last time, I think the guy totally messed it up. Anyway, the way like a cool dad. Hey there, I'm a cool dad. A cool dad likes to dress up his outfits at night when I go do shows is with cool sneakers. Right? I got some green Nike frog high tops. I'm just not going to wear those in court. I'm not... When I go out at night on the weekdays or weekends in the clubs... Yeah, I can pull off some street shit. That's some street shit. And you guys are like, dude, you are not street. I'm not trying to be street, guys. I wish I was. I wish I was street. I'm not really. But what I'm saying is I need something. Like if I'm going to go on cordon, I want to wear a cool pair of sneakers to dress up and dress down. I'm trying to show like, hey, I'm a pretty cool dad, right? I'm a cool dad. Hey there, I'm a cool dad. I know I drive a Chevy Traverse but I go 85 with the kids in the car. <laughs> no, I don't. But my daughter always be like, drive faster. I'm a cool dad. Yeah, I drive a Chevy Traverse, but I listen to Paradise City with the kids on the way to school and we got it cranked. I'm a cool dad. I take my kids in and out of the car through the window. Anyway. I wanted to get cool sneakers for the show because I wasn't going to wear shoes. I'm not wearing... I wore shoes once on late night and that was doing Conan. I wore like a sport coat. And I debated doing a sport coat for this one and I was just like, unless I'm going a full suit and I just didn't want to go a full suit, I just felt like the tone of the set was a dressed up guy. I went nice cardigan. I went nice shirt underneath. Denim. Slacks. I haven't actually decided yet. And then nice shoes sneakers that are cool because it's you know i don't know why it just felt right i go through phases um i wore white shoes once i love white shoes when i was getting these i've never owned a pair of black sneakers these are the first time owning black sneakers so when i was picking these out i go to pick out my clothes here's the deal if you want to pick out an outfit 
And for me, I like to go pick out outfits for stuff. You know what I mean? I celebrate. I don't make a huge deal out of doing cordon. I mentioned it to you guys. And plus, I think we can share here. But like all my friends are like, dude, what are you doing cordon? And I'm like, yeah, you know, at some point you have to look at these big moments as like, yeah, I should be doing I should be doing it. I'll be honest with you. To me, I should be doing an hour special on Netflix. I, I, that's how I feel about my comedy. I believe in it. Am I there? Like, well, your your social media numbers are not there, Jay, which is something you get. Where are your social media numbers? And right now, the industry doesn't feel like you're at a at a tipping point of sorts. Let me tell you guys something. There is one thing I I dwell on for myself. There is one thing that we jam into our kids heads all the time be yourself and the point of this podcast is to be myself and do what i want to do because this is what it is i see what everyone else is doing and that's just not what i want to do i see what they're doing it's not me i'm not going to try and change who i am to be this thing and if being that thing gets your numbers up and gets your intensity up of people that's fine i'll wait I want my kids to look back at what I'm doing and being like, oh, man, I really like who my dad was. You know, I don't need to be doing what a lot of other people are doing. Listen, and I say that in as much as like I like a lot of the things that people do do. It's just that's not me. I'm trying to stay rooted in what it is that I do because it gives me more enjoyment. You know what I mean? Like every day I come out here to record, like I I get enjoyment. I feel happy. I, I like it. And if I had to do like stuff that doesn't fit who I am, then I, I just wouldn't, you know, I'm not trying to be anyone but who I am. That's all. It's not like I don't love all, all those other people and all that other stuff. I, I remember when I was like, I worked clean as a comedian for years, completely clean. I loved watching people that weren't clean. I just thought like, oh, I like being clean, you know? And then I was like, no one cares that you're clean, bro. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm not going to be clean anymore. Uh, anyway, somebody asked me about fashion and brands that I like. This is cool. I like finding collabs. That's what I was talking about. I like it when someone does something and then they see someone else that's different than them, but it fits it's not like, like for me, like the whole thing, I can't go be this other thing. You know what I mean? That's not true. I can, but I, I just don't all the time. I realized something recently, and I don't know, maybe it was in the last two years or probably when I stopped drinking, but like in the last two years, I realized, you know, I, I used to get so hung up on like, well, that's not me. You know, you're not a guy who does this. You're not a guy who does that. And then I was like, why not? You can have, I, and I, I'm taking it all the way down to Nike high tops. I was like, you're not a guy who wears Nike high tops, dude. That's, you know, you're not cool enough. That's just not who you are. And then I was like, you dictate what you are, bro. No one else. If you want to, you wear them. It literally took me till I was 43 years old to buy a pair of Nike high tops. That's pretty crazy. Um, anywho, I like things. I like a collab. You know what I mean? I have... One, two, three, four, four pairs of collab type sneakers. One, two, three, Adidas, and then these. Anyway, anytime you see people come together, like my friend was just telling me, my boy Jason, he, he he's a big food guy. And there's this really cool restaurant in Los Angeles called Moza. I, I can't remember 
who owns it. Mario Botali. I don't know who owns it. But there's this like like sandwich shop in Italy that makes like the best sandwiches. And for this week, one week, they are here making sandwiches at Moza. And people are like going just to get sandwiches at this place. I think I'm going to go. But the, how cool is that for them to say like, hey, I know what we do here, but these guys are awesome. Come work, come work out of our shop for a week. I don't know how they do the pay split. I don't know anything. But I think it's awesome. I love when a sneaker company is like, hey, we don't do what you guys do. Come do it with us. Let's work together. You know, it's like um, when I see other comedians and I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't do the same thing. But I love what that guy does. You know what I mean? There are some dudes... And trust me, there are dudes that I watch their stand-up. It's nothing like me. And I love it. And I've hit them up and be like, dude, I love what you do. If you ever want to do something, you know, sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But I love that stuff. I love when uh, two brands come together. And brand is such a... I used to think brand was such a gross name. What's your brand, bro? People need to understand your brand. I remember when it started happening. It started happening like 2000 six in stand-up like uh management companies what was your brand like you have to focus on your brand everything has to be the same people need to know when they look at you what it is that you're associated with what is the thing that you're associated with is it going to be what kind of clothes would you wear that fits your comedy you know it and it's like i used to think how gross it was cuz i always had always had this idea of individuality that you should always stay true to yourself and stick to yourself and and it, it wasn't until later i was like oh it's okay to be a brand you know it's okay to be someone and it's okay i'm just like have this i always had this broad array of like things i was interested in and i was like you know anyway for me recording in a garage amongst stuff that i bought or was given, or got somewhere, or was my grandfather's, my dad's, my grandfather's, my grandfather's, my grandfather's, mine, mine, my grandfather. You know, you get it? My belief in Americana and America is different than like what the NFL puts out there, what they think America and Americana is. <laughs> We're very different in that sense. Mine is family, grandparents, you know. I don't know. Now I'm rambling. Either way, uh, so I I went to pick out my outfit. So someone asked about brands. There's a lot of LA brands, and like as much as I'm a Massachusetts guy, and I always think about things from Massachusetts. Like I love, and I say, you know, uh, last week I talked about how much I loved autumn, and I miss it, and blah blah blah. And I have two. I have an axe, and I have a hatchet on the wall over there that I wish I was using at least once a week. You know, like I want to be cutting fucking wood, dude. It's just not the case. But there are things that I love about Los Angeles. And something I always take pride in is I love buying clothes that are LA brands. Because there's a lot of LA brands that are made in LA. Some of them probably aren't made in LA. I know. But every time I do a late night set, I go out and I buy something to wear. The first time I... I don't remember about Ferguson because I never had any money back then. Actually, I did. I, I mean, I didn't, but I did buy new clothes. I bought this flowered shirt for one time doing Ferguson. It was like this, like in a surfer shop, like a higher-end surfer shop on Abbot Kinney in Venice. And it was like this like soft cotton material. I still have the shirt. And it, uh, it had flowers on the... Pa- I loved it. It was handmade. You know, it cost me like $180 for this shirt. And that was fucking 13 years ago. 
Delia, I posted, he made fun of me. He's like, dude, I can't get over that shirt. I'm like, my wife always makes fun of that shirt, and I've always loved that shirt. You put that shirt on, you're like, that's comfy. But now I put it on, I'm like, I don't know. How do I ever wear this thing? And why do I still have it? Can't let go. And then I did, the first time I did it, I had this t-shirt that was just baby blue and said, new money. And uh, I wore that over a button down. Anyway, first time I did Conan, I went out and bought this cool shirt and a cardigan. I love cardigans. My boy Rich Pring, I think, is the one who got me into cardigans. Like, he pulls off a cardigan. I'm like, yeah, I think I'm a cardigan guy. And I definitely am a cardigan guy. Wearing a cardigan tomorrow night, baby. So... I go, so what I like to do, like even for my wedding, this is when I really dove into like loving the idea of like picking out an outfit. Like, cause if you go to like a Nordstrom's or a Bloomingdale's, you can go in the men's department and find someone that works there and be like, Hey man, this is what I'm doing. Or Hey, Hey miss. There was this woman who helped me pick out my wedding outfit. She and I walked around. I was like, this is, we're doing it outdoors. It's going to be under a tent. I want it earthy. I want it fall. You know, I, I wanted all these things way more than I think my wife about her picking out her dress. Although her dress was fucking, it was the coolest anyone I've ever seen for a wedding dress. Um, and she looked dope. Um, so I got these like gray plaid pants. They were like earthy and amazing. And I got a brown belt right? There were hints of brown in the plaid. Then I got a brown sport coat that was like, like soft suede-ish almost, but not like just really nice. And then she was like, I think you should mix it up and go pink shirt against the gray and the brown and a purple bow tie. And then we got like a, it was dope. I loved everything about it. I'm like, yes, this is where it's at. But it was pricey. Everything all in was going to be like 1400 bucks. And I'm like, oh my God, 1400 bucks. And then I opened up the lapel or the jacket, and it said Bill Reed. That's my grandfather's name is Bill Reed. Billy Reed. Billy Reed's the brand. Bill Reed is my grandfather. And I was like, Billy Reed? And she's like, yeah, those pants are Billy Reed and the jacket. And then they come together as a suit. We just, she she and I mix-matched them. And I was like, yeah, that's my grandfather's name. I'm like, ring it up. So for a while, I had her card, and anytime I was going to do something or go somewhere, I would, I would, email or a text her and be like, Hey, I'm going to, what day are you there? I have something coming up. I want to pick out an outfit and I go in there. Anyway, she's moved on and she works somewhere else. And, uh, so the other day, you know, my wife works with Nordstrom a lot. So I was like, let's just go to Nordstrom. And I go in, I start like grabbing stuff that I like, you know, I start grabbing colors. I like grabbing stuff. I like grabbing brands. I like there are brands. I like LA brands that I like rag and bone. They're New York. Actually, they're a New York brand, but they're here. I like Vince. Now Vince has stores. I don't know where they're from. I don't know where these people make their clothes. Let's just be straight up. Uh, I still like Billy Reed, but I don't really dig how it's like what it's gone to. I just, it's gotten a little, it's gotten, they just slipped a little, you know? I love this. There was this brand I used to love called Life After Denim and they made these khakis. Like these are my, these are my fall khakis. These are Levi's. I got these on Best Bars, but I had, they had these like, I had gray, navy, and that's it of the the life after denim and they were the most comfortable pants and like when a khaki breaks in get the fuck out of here they're the most comfortable make fun of khakis go ahead i don't care they're so comfortable and then jack spade there used to be a jack spade store in abikini and i started going there for outfits and then when best bars we had a budget for 
clothes. And I got my friend hired on as a stylist. And I was like, yo, I love Jack Spade. Let's go in the store. And they gave us like a discount. I got a bunch of stuff. So I have like two pairs of gray khakis from Jack Spade, two pairs of blue. You guys don't care. I mean, some of you care about this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. It's an experience, guys. That's what this show is. Jay Larson's Experience Hour. So... I go in there the other day and I'm picking out clothes and I see this cardigan by Rag and Bone. Now, the last time I did Conan, when I just did couch, I wore pants from AG, which are the most comfortable pants. I have them in gray. I have them in white. I have them in black. The black are too big now. I think I gave them away. But they're so comfortable. I also like seven jeans. I have a pair of seven jeans that I like. But the AG are super comfortable. So I wore those and then I wore a blue Jack Purcell. No, uh, this dude who does collabs with like uh, he has his own line but he does collabs with Converse if I can think of it I'll, I'll remember that and then a rag and bone cardigan it's heavy and beautiful and cozy and that's what I wore so I walk in and I see this like brownish mustardy fall cardigan and I'm like that's it because I was debating gray sport coat that I had in my hand that I was I still tried on or this cardigan, but I love the cardigan. I wanted it to be that. It's, it's not a color that fits me, but I'm like, I think that works for like, I just thought it worked. And I just saw a dude on E who does a fashion show, a gay dude, and he was wearing the same color. So clearly that color's in right now. Okay. I don't go to fashion week, but I know that there are some colors that start to trend, you know? And my wife works in fashion, so some every now and then she'd be like, "Oh yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be popping soon," and I'm like, "Huh, cool." So I get all this stuff right, and I had a pink shirt on, and I had the this yellow brownish cardigan, and then these these like stoned like uh, dark denim jeans, and I walk out, and I'm not there with my wife. Normally, it'd be with her. Like when I did the wrong number story, we went, and that jacket was a Burberry jacket, the blue jacket that I wore, and it cost me more money than I got to do the show, but it was worth it. I had a great show, and that that stand-up clip keeps on giving. You know, I've always done this. It's like something, that's my little reward. So like when I said I don't like, I don't go nuts celebrating, I'm going to post that I'm on it, but I'm not like... At certain points in your life, the successes that before were a big deal need to become regular in order to move on and like to get more successful. Because guess what? They're not always going to be there, guys. <laughs> okay? They are not always going to be there. There's a reason I haven't done late night in three years, four years. The last time I did late night was 2012 doing stand-up. So, seven years. And, you know, for me, I was like, oh, well, I'll get an hour special. And then you like, then you won't be a late night guy. Guess what, guys? I'm going to be straight with you. You got to adjust to things in life. Did I think that I would move on and start being able to do an hour special and then hit that next level? I went for it. I paid for my own special. It didn't click. Didn't happen. It's not stopping me. You get back to, to the basics. You're like, all right, what can I do? Then you go with this. You, you just got to try different things. You know, like you hear about pro athletes and you're like, oh, that guy didn't get to the pros till he was 32. If you really want something, you got to keep going and you have to find different ways to approach it. And that's what I'm doing. You know what's not different? The clothes I buy and how I do it. So I walk out and there's four people that work there and then this couple. And I'm like, what's everybody think? I don't know any of these people. I just am like, what do we think? And everyone's kind of looking at me. Nobody liked the pink against the brown. Nobody. I wanted gray, pink, brown. There's a couple converse color combinations I always like with pink. This color green, but a little darker, pink. Love it. Navy, pink. Gray, pink. Brown, pink. Nice. Brown, gray, pink. 
I loved it. I liked it. It was too light of a combo. So there needed to be a little bit more of a contrast, and I wanted to like it. No one liked it, and I wanted to like it. And I just looked at everyone like, all right. I gave everybody that because nobody was down for it. Went back to the drawing board. I kept trying different combinations with that sweater because I realized I'm like, I want this sweater. I just want it, so I'm going to buy it to be this thing, and then I'm going to have this sweater. Because like I said, I like to dress up a little. So for this thing, I'm like, I want to dress up a little bit, you know what I mean? But I don't want to wear a suit, you know? I'm not there yet for the suit. This is who I am as a comedian, you know? Like I want to give it, I want to give a uh, dictation to people of who I am before they even, that's a part of stand-up, I think. They're going to see you and be like, all right, who is this guy? Before you even words come out of your mouth. Well, maybe, maybe not. Anyway. I bought a rag and bone uh, collared shirt, rag and bone sweater, and then I bought these kicks because I feel like these are dressy and they have a style and they fit an artist. That's another thing. Like, you can't, don't forget that at the end of the day, anyone who's doing any type of art or like uh, brand design is art. You know, and that's not, that's what I mean. It's like, I used to work for this guy refinishing his like wrought iron furniture. And he had, I remember him telling me, if you look at old stoves, okay, look at old stoves, dishwashers, stuff like that, like in the 50s, right? They were beautiful, okay? Like the font, if you go look, go look at, my brother's a huge font guy. I don't know if you're big into font. I like font. If you look at an old building, the font is always beautiful. You look on an old uh, dishwasher or oven or... Uh, you know, anything from the 50s in that era, the fonts are beautiful, they're creative. And this guy used to explain to me that that's because artists, they had to get work working for these people designing these things. Now you can just pull a font wherever you want, right? But these people had to like make everything had to be creative because these that's where people like this got their work. And I love that. What was the goddamn point? Anyway. They were artists. These guys are artists. They were able to look hook up with a brand. They have their own brand. Everyone's doing whatever they're doing. Either way, I went with the yellow brownish cardigan, the gray shirt. I'm getting pants. I don't know what they are yet. And then I'm wearing these. Whew. That was a lot. That was a lot. James Pierce, who's actually pronounced James Purse, my wife would kill me, is someone else I like. This is it. Every t-shirt I have, black and blue, is James Purse because it's super comfortable and it's just, I like how they fit me. You know, sometimes you're just like, yeah, I'll pay a little more for something because I'm going to wear them every day as my top layer. You know what I mean? I just, I bought a James, no, J. Crew. Every now and then I stumble into a J, a J. Crew or a Banana Republic and I'm like, man, this stuff's really cool. Sometimes it's just like, yeah, it's just... It's they're not pushing boundaries or they're not doing something, you know, they're just whatevs. But I got a, like a V-neck t-shirt in there, which is pricey probably for V-neck t-shirts. So the other day I'm at Target and I see like a pack of V-neck t-shirts and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a pack of those because you know what? I like wearing a V-neck now. You know, I never used to, but since I've lost a little bit of weight, I like it. So I bought a pack of them. They're terrible. They don't fit me well. They look, I look like an idiot. 
they like the neck comes down to here and stuff and i'm like oh yeah this is why like sometimes you pay a little more for something that fits because you want it to fit you want it to fit listen there are going to be some things you're just not going to look good in okay so when you have the choice do whatever you want that's all i was in the marching band in high school okay the marching band there that never looked good some things just are never gonna look good and when you're in the marching band tell me why tell me why i stuck with the marching band all the way through high school i don't know why all the way to senior year cummerbund plume that was me and i stuck with it no one sticks with shit nowadays no one Cool kids don't do marching band, do they? Maybe they do. I was a cool kid, and I did marching band. No one does it anymore. So if you're out there and you did marching band, kudos, dude. Nice. Because nowadays, kids don't stick to stuff. They're like, dude, no one cool does it. Shut up. It's an easy A, okay? It was for me. I kept my GPA up. And I could do my other homework in marching band class. We had like band. We were in the band. You're in the classical and the marching. Yeah, what'd you do? I did a parade a year. I had to do parades. I remember one time in marching band, it's an away game, right? We're going to away games. Our band was so pathetic. We, they didn't give us a spot down by the team. We were up in the bleachers, like up in this weird part of the bleachers. I, I had a bass drum. I'm a freshman in high school. I'm carrying the bass drum all the way up to the top. And then I see... This like group of girls. There was this group of girls, a family of girls, that were all pretty. They were all beautiful, and there was literally one in my grade, the grade above me, two grades above, one had graduated, another one. I mean, they were everywhere, and they were there at the game with their hot friends. And I walked over. I don't know why. I walked over to say what's up. Like I was a fresh. It still hadn't registered in my head. You're in the band, dude. I had a plume sticking off my head, and I'm talking to all these girls. I go, hey, what's up, you guys? And as I'm doing that, behind me, I just hear, and I look over my shoulder as they're all watching, and my bass drum had rolled down the stance out onto the field. And one of the girls goes, hey, isn't that your bass drum? And I just leaned back and tried to be cool. And I'm like, yeah. And I think it just picked up a first down. And then I had to go down there and get the bass drum. Why did I stick with bass drum and marching band through my senior year? If you did it, you rock. Because I did it. Oh, I did it. (sighs) Marching band, dude. What a crazy, crazy thing that we were. I'm not crazy. Our percussion section had two people, me and Mark Torello. And Mark Torello was now a meteorologist, okay? And guess what he was in high school? A meteorologist. He would do weather for the school. He would come on morning announcements and give the weather report. He also, like, helped out in the greenhouse in our school. There was one greenhouse. Nobody went to the greenhouse. Nobody was doing anything in the greenhouse. Now I look back, I'm like, man, I wish I was working in the greenhouse, learning how to grow shit. You know what? Like my kid's school, they sent out a thing the other day like, uh, you know, there's a garden at our school. It doesn't look good. If you have a green thumb, volunteer. And you know what I think I'm going to do? I think I'm going to head up the uh, garden community there and make it something because right now it is not something. 
It is not something. I'm gonna find out who's involved. And listen, I'm not good at it, but I'm good at organizing and I'm good at bringing people together. Why? I'm a collab guy. I collab. At my kid's preschool, how many people have I gotten into the school? Two. No one else? My neighbor, did I get him in that spot? Yeah, I did. Did I get him three jobs? Yeah, I did. I collab people. I bring people together. It's something that I do, and I like it. A lot of people don't like it. I like it until I finally get to a point that people aren't, you know, people very rarely do things for other people, you know? I like to. I don't know why. I can't get past it. I'm not a good I'm not good at doing stuff for myself. Like I don't like doing things for myself. I like doing them for other people. And then that hurts. And then I expect other people to do things for me because I do them for people and then they don't. And I'm like, why is the world like that? My wife's like, because no one's doing that. Um anyway, Mark Torello. This dude. So I remember one time there was a scavenger hunt. I don't know if you guys did scavenger hunts in high school, but basically somebody put together a list and then that night you got together with your team. You got like, hey, let's have, you guys want to do a scavenger hunt? And then like you get four people in a car and then everyone like you have a meetup place and then everybody goes out and you got to like, you have like three hours to go find all these things and then you come back. So let's say you start at eight o'clock, right? Eight o'clock at night. And then... You got to go out. Now, at the time when we did this one, like our, uh, we used to have a movie theater in our town called the Stoneham Flick. I think it had like three theaters, maybe six. It was small, but it was awesome, man. It was so awesome. You'd walk in. I just like when things were, why can't things just be small? Why can't it just be like, yeah, you got a movie theater in your town and it survives with with six screens. Now it's got to be a megaplex. Can you sit down and order food at your movie theater and then get the fuck out of here? It's not a movie. Yeah, like a little video game area and sitting area, then concessions. And then I, I, I think it feels like it had three screens, but maybe it had six. The Stoneham Flick. Anyway, it got ripped down. They put in a grocery store. So when it was ripped down, like part of the things on scavenger hunt was get a piece of the building. You had to go get a piece of the stone and flick, you know, it was all rubble. So that's okay. Boom. Then it'd be like, you know, there's all these different weird things you could get. You could go to like, like the bigger price things. You had to go get like a roast beef sandwich at Kelly's, but you had to get the one in Revere. So you had to get like the receipt or whatever it was, you know? Well, one of the things on the list was mock Torello and he was big points. Okay. He was big points. Now when you're doing a scavenger hunt, Chances are Mark Torello wasn't out, okay? Because he wasn't. And this guy now, let me just tell you about this guy. Now he's a meteorologist. When he, he's, he was always, he was, I mean, man, he would wear sweatpants to school, okay? And I'm not talking cool sweats with like pockets. I'm talking like blue sweats with a white turtleneck and then a sweatshirt that matched the pants over it. That's how Torello would rock. But he was always confident. He always knew who he was, always enjoyed who he was, and God, when I think about, like, I have kids now, you wonder, like, who is your kid going to be? Is your kid going to be the one who's home on Saturday nights as a senior in high school and totally fine with it? Or are they going to be the one that's home on Saturday nights in high school as a senior and not totally fine with it? Are they going to be part of the cool kids or the uncool kids? Or are they going to be cool in their own right? Who knows? Who knows? But he was a kid. 
who was home on a Saturday night, senior in high school. And he is successful now. He has been since he graduated college. He's been a meteorologist in different cities. He's in Minnesota. He is hilarious doing the weather. He'll like, he'll drop pop culture references into his weather. I mean, he's awesome. He is awesome. And he was awesome then. When we were in Marching Man together, he was awesome. He always had like interesting, funny comments. And you know who, you know who thought Mark Torello was hilarious? Mark Torello. He he would say something. He'd be like, huh? huh? He had a very funny laugh. And we were bros because it was just me and him in percussion. He was on snare. I was on bass. He could also do chimes, timpani, xylophone, vibraphone. He was nasty because he was awesome at piano. But he played... <laughs> like, the music he played on piano is nothing you'd want to be listening to on piano. You know what I mean? He wasn't playing Captain Jack by Billy Joel. And some of you guys are like, well, fucking who gives a shit about Billy Joel? I do. I like Billy Joel. He was playing like Rachmaninoff, you know, Dvorak. I played Dvorak this morning for the kids. If you don't know Dvorak, he's a composer from like the 1800s, and it's like dark and ominous, very, very uh, Halloween-y. And my daughter, like they were doing it in dance class. She's like, last night before bed, she was in bed, and we were talking, she's like, uh, she said something about Dvorak and I go Dvorak I go how do you know Dvorak and she was like music class sorry my wife gave me this thing this is if you're ever looking for cool men's jewelry for your husband or boyfriend David German that's my wife's the company that she works for and it's Really cool women stuff too, fellas. If you're looking for something to buy for your lady, Yerman. It can be pricey, okay? Don't fucking come at me and be like, you told me it was so pricey. Shut up. I said if you're looking for something nice. And they have affordable pieces too. Not everything has to be like the most expensive thing. So just like look around. Look for things on sale. Look at things from last season. That's what we all do, okay? When I just bought golf balls, I bought the ones from last year. They're cheaper by five bucks. And I'm like, what do I care? Are they, the guys like pros can tell the difference. So maybe there is a little bit of a difference, but whatever, whatever. You decide. You decide where you spend your money. Anyway, we're doing the scavenger hunt and we're buzzing around. And I'm like, I think I can get Torello. And they, my friends are like, you think so? I'm like, yeah, let's go to his house. We go to his house. I go up to the front door. It's like 9.30. His mother comes to the door. She's like, oh, hi, Jay. How are you? I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, is Mark around? She's like, yeah, I think he's he's back in his room. You want to come in? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I go in. He is in pajamas. He's in his PJs. God, I love this kid so much. <laughs> I love this kid so much. All I want to do is hug the shit out of him. In a great mood, I'm like, Mark, here's the deal, man. Everyone's doing a scavenger hunt. And I go, and you know what's on the list? And he goes, what? I go, you. You are on the list. You are part of the scavenger hunt. Do you want to come and make history tonight? And he's like, oh, no, I can't, Jay. I'm like, come on. It'll be so much fun. He's like, I'm already in my pajamas. I'm like, put some clothes on. You just come with me and you you stay with us the rest of the night, you know? Because, yeah, it would be awesome to have him. The reason he's on that list is because everybody would have wanted him there. We know that he's awesome. You know what I mean? He's 
We know it. But he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't go. And I'm like, oh, man, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And he goes, tell you what. I go, okay. He goes, I will print out the weather forecast for tomorrow and I'll sign it and you can have that. And I was like, dude, sure, man. It was awesome. I think his mom took a picture of us. She's like, let's get a picture. Because maybe for her, she was just like, oh, this is so cool. Like his friend stopping by. Anyway, that was a marching band story. Me and Torello. I'm, I would love to sit down with him. I got to get Mark Torello on the podcast. Let's make it happen, everybody. Let's make it happen. He's out there. He's a weatherman. Uh, excuse me. He's a meteorologist in Minnesota. Not in Minneapolis. He's in like a smaller town like, like Matanka. I know there's a lot of Native American names out there in Minnesota. Let's find a way. If you're on social media, hit him up and say, Jay Larson sent me. You got to do his podcast. And I got to get him on because I guarantee he's one of the most interesting dudes. And he's hilarious and he's awesome. Um, And who knows? He might have some stories that I don't remember. You know what I mean? That's the best is when you run to people like, you remember that time? My friend was Kunzi, the K-Man, who was just out here. He was like, do you remember that time we we went to opening day together? And I was like, no. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we went in a limo. And then it hit me. I'm like, oh, yes. He, we went to opening day with my buddy Richard, who on the Crab Feast is an uh, infamous story about how I went to opening day in a limo with my buddy Richard and my boy Ryan Sickle Cell and my our boy Tony Jones. And Rye wanted to go to the bathroom in a Gatorade bottle, okay, in the limo. And I was like, no, dude, no. Because this guy that took us was like, his limo, his dollar, his seats. I'm like, you can't be taking a piss in a fucking... He's like, I'm going to turn this way. I'm like, no. Like, this is like a difference between me not just me and him, me and Rye, but but being raised by a woman versus being raised by a man. Yeah, I'm sure there might be a lot of dudes that'd be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Why wouldn't you do that? Because we're fucking human beings, dude. We pull the car over, you go up in the woods and you pee up there. You're not peeing right next to us. It's just, this is not happening. I don't care. Do you think, I don't care if your back is turned. You think it's okay that you're right, you're next to him and you're peeing? No. Nothing about that is okay. What if it was a shit then? If I if I could put like a jacket up, it's okay for you to take a dump in a in a to go box. No, it's not okay. Okay, you want to vote on it? Vote on it. Is it okay to take go to the bathroom in a container in a limo with other people? Urination. I don't think it is, Ryan Sickler. I don't think it is. And I'm going to put it out to the world. You got it? It's out there. Let me know below. Comment below. And now I'm going to make it a post. So comment. Is it okay to urinate into... Here's the context. You're in a limousine. Your buddy invited you. His friend, who has a lot of money, got us a limousine, tickets, beers, everything. And now we're stuck in traffic. And because you're a grown man and didn't know to go to the bathroom before you left, and you... You're unable to hold your pee. You now have to go to the bathroom and you think with this traffic, you're not going to get there in time and you're debating peeing in a Gatorade bottle in a limo with four other people, one of which you've just met. Who's paying for everything? No fucking way. That's where I'm at. No way. No way. Nope. So, 
You, I'm, I'm putting it out to the world. Ryan Sickler says it's okay to turn your back, shield yourself, maybe get down on a knee like this, and then into a Gatorade bottle, pee. That's what he's saying. It's fine. And I'm saying it's not. And he's saying in an emergency. I'm saying, hey, pull over, go up into the woods and pee up there, which is also, you know, I don't know if that's, I think it's illegal, but who can, we've been doing it for years. I think there's a big difference. So let me know what your insight is. Anyway, Coonsie from last week's up, my boy, was like, you remember that time we went to opening day? And I think, I don't know if we told him the podcast or not. I can't, we, we talked for a long time. But what happened was he had, he was going to get beers because he's a gentleman and he's getting dialed in. So he bought beers and a foul ball came ripping by him and went like cascading into like the bathroom. So he went running after it. He got knocked around by five people, dropped all the beers, soaked in beer, all that (laughs) trying to get a foul ball. Anyway, he he was like, you remember that story? I'm like, oh my God, I totally forgot that like we even went. I remember that story once he brought it up, but I didn't remember that we were at an opening day together. Now, by the way, he might be wrong. We we may never have gone together. It may. I mean, what I'm saying is, it may not have been an opening day. But either way, uh, I love the K man and uh, Mark Torello might have stories. That's the whole point. I'm trying to think of like other marching band stories. I think I told the one where I uh, wrote an article in the school paper about how much the football team sucked and everybody on that team sucked, and uh, it came out on Thanksgiving Day, and everybody. Uh, the football team protested. Pretty cool. This is how I do it. My phone's going off because uh, I'm in a fantasy football league and uh, tons of stuff has come out today about like trades. Not like you guys care. Fantasy football gets intense, dude. I get intense with it. I wrote down some other stuff that people wrote. And I just want to check those. Uh, Let's see. Your mom and your aunts. I come from a huge Mexican Catholic family. Stories are the best. Love that my aunts live together. Um, Am I reading any books? Nothing that would interest you. They're just like stuff to... uh, make me a better writer although you know what i just pulled out i pulled out leaves of grass from alt whitman and i pulled out ralph walder emerson and i pulled out uh one other one just because i want to start like reading artistic people again i know they're old and stuff but like i don't know i just feel like it will inspire me uh holiday traditions interesting cooking recipes favorite brands oh i gave you your favorite brands uh stories about my aunts and my mom Let's think. Holiday traditions. The only thing we had about holiday traditions that I miss, and I'm probably going to talk about this like closer to Christmas too because I just can never get over this, was we would, you know, we'd always be, it would rotate because we at Christmas time we would do Christmas Eve dinner, Christmas Day dinner, and then New Year's Eve. And I, I, I can't remember... We would do. We would always do like. Um, there was always an Italian dish at our Thanksgivings and at our Christmas dinner and Christmas Eve dinner. I think Christmas Eve dinner was always like a sh- a baked stuffed shrimp. You know, my mom made a really awesome baked stuffed shrimp. That that was her thing, and it's not. It's just shrimp 
with breadcrumbs over it and lots of lemon juice. But my mom put so much lemon juice that the the breading would get like soft and almost turn into like a, you know, like a like a bread. <laughs> You know, a decomposed bread of sorts. And then we do like a turkey or a ham on Christmas Day, but there would always be like a, a pasta. Same with the night before, there'd be like a pasta or something like that. I don't know. But my favorite thing was, it would alternate too. Like, I feel like Christmas Eve would usually be at our house, so we go to my Nana's or my aunt's maybe, but mainly at my Nana's. But even when I was at my Nana's, my aunt's would be next door cooking other stuff and they would bring that over you know but like christmas day the coolest thing first of all there were four of us kids and we didn't have cousins really um i have two first cousins and one of them i didn't meet till seven years ago so we but at the time we didn't have cousins you know they didn't they weren't born till i was like 15 and 16 somewhere like that so we didn't have cousins around. So it was just the four of us, brothers and sisters, my mom, my grandma, and my two great aunts. That's it. And the best thing would be we'd go over to my Nana's house and it wasn't big. It was just this little tiny, you walk walk up the steps and it was a living room, dining room connected, then the kitchen, then a hallway. And there was an office at the end. That was my grandfather. Bathroom, then office, bedroom, bedroom. Three bedroom, one bath. And then the basement was finished. No bathroom down there. We could play down there and stuff. But we'd go over. We'd have this big dinner around like one o'clock in the afternoon. And then like we would all go in the living room. And like some would be on the couch, on the floor, in the chair. And we'd all fall asleep. You'd fall asleep watching like the heat would be on. There's no fireplace. Well, there was. But I don't think we, they never had a fire going. And there'd be like either Thanksgiving Day Parade or Christmas cartoons or something like that. And you'd fall asleep. And then you'd wake up around 5. You know, you'd fall asleep somewhere between like 2.30, 3 o'clock. And then you'd wake up around 5. Or whenever you woke up. And you'd stand up. And it'd be warm. And you'd stumble over to that dining room table that now all cold cuts are out. So like if it was ham, that ham was cut down. If it was turkey, the turkey would cut down. And if, aside from just that, there'd be other like deli meats and cheeses and olives and like, you know, the sides are still there and maybe some chips to go like a lighter, make your own rolls, make your own sandwich and stuff. And all the adults would be sitting there talking, my mom and my Nana and my aunts, they'd all just be up talking, drinking tea. They'd all be drinking tea. And then like you'd walk over and somebody would be like, oh, who's up, sleepy? And then they'd pull you in and you'd sit there like half awake and you'd be like, what's over here? And they'd be like, are you hungry? It's like the first thing someone would say, are you hungry? And you'd be like, yeah, I'm hungry. And like, hey, let me make you a sandwich. And my nan would get up and want to make you a sandwich, you know? And while someone was making you a sandwich, someone else was, you were sitting on someone's lap and they were patting your head and giving you kisses. You know what I mean? It was the best. It's the best. That's that's the one thing that I miss about being away from my family at home is that I would love to be doing that. My brother comes out. He came out last Christmas and I think two Christmases ago. And I think he's coming out this Christmas. Maybe he's coming out for Thanksgiving. I don't know. My sister was out here every one year for Thanksgiving. It's nice. I would love to have us all around. 
now there's four of us. Now they all have cousins. They, my kids have on my side of the family, one, two, three, five cousins, and then including both sides, nine. I had zero. <laughs> so it's like if we went home, we have everyone at my mom's house and have a huge dinner and then you go outside. <laughs> Going outside when it's cold. Um, I can't think of anything. I know people like have certain things they would cook. The one thing I've talked about it before uh, was always a holiday tradition is my Aunt Lil. There was my Aunt Gert, my Aunt Rue, and my Nana that were all sisters that lived next door to each other. And then my Aunt Lil was my grandfather, my grandfather Reed, his sister, Lillian Reed, who got married and became Lillian Regan. Her her husband was a firefighter. He passed away. I never met him. If I did, I don't remember. His name was Paul. And, uh, and my Aunt Lil used to make this shrimp dip. This is how badass my Aunt Lil was. So she'd make this shrimp dip. And when I came to find out later in life, which I now make every holiday. So this is a tradition. I found what tradition. I make it for every holiday now. It's cream cheese, diced up real small shrimp. You can just food process it. And cocktail sauce. And that's it. And you serve that shit with Ritz crackers. Not some knockoff Ritz crackers. You cannot stop. You just cannot stop. It's unbelievable. I'm going to make it this year and bring it to our friends Thanksgiving and I'm going to make it at Christmas time. And I ball out. Like I will eat the fuck out of that shit. When my aunt used to come over, she would, she'd come over and be in a big container. And you know, it was all hands on deck at my house. Like everyone had to do something. So like Auntie Lil would get there and you go meet her at the door. Somebody would take her jacket. Somebody would, when it was at our house. We always had the fire going. My mom always had the fire going. I am going to have a fireplace in my house, hopefully someday in a kitchen. That's ideal. There's something, imagine this. I get up early right now, or was, I was getting up at five. Now it's getting later. Like I set my alarm for six and I kind of just like give myself an hour to wake up. But imagine getting up at 530, still dark out, come down the kitchen, start a fire. Just start a fire. Get your coffee going. Sit in the wingback chair next to the fire and just sit there. Now, I'm not saying you got to read the newspaper or read a magazine. Hell, check Instagram. Whatever. Put some music on. And now your kids are getting up and coming downstairs to a fire that's going. Get the fuck out of here. That's amazing. The day is already happening. There's a there's a setting. There's an ambiance. There's something that's happening before you even wake up. You know, I don't know, something I love about that. So my mom would always have a fire going. My Aunt Lil would get there. Somebody grab her jacket. Someone else grabs that dip. And your job is to go in the kitchen and put that dip in a serving bowl, a serving dish, and then crackers out. Now, this is why you want that job. Because she'd always make extra dip, you know? And that dip is not going to last. So you would go do that, and then you go put out the dip, and then you come back to that extra dip, and then you'd house about four or five Ritz with the extra dip, and then you put the dip in. So you're getting, because you know it's going to run out out there. So get yours then. Put the backup in the fridge. That's out. I love that shrimp dip. I'm going to make it this Thanksgiving. It's like that flavor. You take one bite, and you're like, yeah, I'm home. I'm home. I love it. Um, we didn't have a ton of other, uh, there was no like, we did, our, our, one of ours was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you this now, but I should probably wait because I will talk about this again near Christmas, but we'd open one Christmas gift on Christmas Eve. I'll get to, I'll get to that another time because uh, 
you know, I'm getting close anyway. Let me see. Ooh, baby. Recording Brian Callen today, too. Unless he texts and says he can't do it because, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else other people ask. But I answered a lot of your stuff. Um, I think it was CC. Are you guys annoyed that you're waiting right now? Why are we waiting? Everyone fucking, nobody can wait. Someone asked me, who does the music? Uberstein Fuzzman. It's my boy, Ethan. Uberstein Fuzzman. That who That is who makes the music. So what you can do, go look up Uberstein Fuzzman. This is where you want to see more of his music. Ethan is a chill dude. Oh my God, he sent me this. I made this... Uh, I made this short movie years ago with this kid. I think I've told a story about him. If I haven't, someone remind me. If I haven't told the story about the kid who shot the documentary about the food show that I worked on that lived in the guest house of the guy whose dad owned the house that they would rent out for porn so that they could build a traveling studio. I did. Olivia Wilde. Anyway, with that kid, I made this short called What Time Is It? I got to get him to send it to me. Ethan, you got to send me that, dude. And basically, what time is it is based a guy who falls asleep everywhere. And every time he wakes up, he's like, what time is it? And it's like the end of it is I'm on a canoe in the canals in Venice, which are very dirty. And I just fall asleep and fall in the canal. And I wake up. I'm like, what time is it? Anyway, he just said that to me. But he sent me a link to his stuff. Uberstein. If you go to Uberstein dash Fuzzman. So Uber. Steen, S-T-I-N, dash, Fuzzman, F-U-Z-Z-M-A-N, dot, bandcamp.com. Uh, he's an old school cat. And uh, you can go listen to any, he's got a bunch of music up there. So go check that out. If you want to hear more of his music, you can go check there. I think you may be able to download it from there. Ethan, I don't really know, but people might want to. And he's, he makes some cool stuff. I remember when Ethan was out here, that's where we met. And he was always playing. He played that guitar like BB King. I feel like like a, I don't know a lot about guitars or music, but it's like a BB King style. It had this like rich electric guitar, but not like Guns N' Roses electric guitar. Like a BB King, it had this soulfulness to it. And Ethan was always jazzy. And uh, he hung out. He's from Cincinnati. He hung out with these other Cincinnati cats that were also. That's where I learned about Gil Scott Heron and Curtis Mayfield. Uh, was all from hanging out with these Cincinnati guys and. Uh, yeah, he uh, sent me that music and I put it on there because one, I enjoy it and two, I love him. Ethan and I, he used to live in this little studio down by the beach in Venice and I would get off work waiting tables and I would ride down to him and we'd smoke a joint and I remember one night I was like, let's go night swimming. Like, let's go night swimming and he's like, all right, yeah. So he smoked a joint. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right. And he would live like, you could see the ocean, I think, from one of the windows in his house he had a small little, <laughs> i don't know if you remember this, but he would like he would there was two things he would make chili and then there was something else but like you'd open the oven door and it would be hitting the other side of whatever like the other counter or whatever in his apartment and uh so we're like 
we're running out to the beach and he's like he's like what if it's too cold Jay? whatever you know he's like trying to psych me out to go i'm like dude we're going in the fucking ocean and it was like a full moon so that every time the wave would crest the moon would fill the inside like silver and we were out there screaming screaming to the world because we were both like uh we were artistic dudes poets if you will at the time i was living in a condemned house and i thought i was a beat so I would be yelling and I was writing poetry like the stuff I read. How about the poems I read with Coonsy? Good Lord. People comment. Anyway, Ethan and I would go out there and down the street from his house or his building was, uh, man, there's a couple things that just like all spark up from thinking about this. Ethan was Eric Clapton had a house like three blocks away. And we would ride by and, and taunt him about the fact that like he stole George Harrison's girl or vice versa. I can't remember, but we would yell shit. We don't know if he was there. And then there was this weird dude that lived in his building. This weird old guy who I think was a sex offender. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. But he uh, taught Ethan that the appropriate way to eat an avocado is to take the shell off, put mayonnaise on it, and then salt it and just eat it like that. Sounds nasty, but then think about a good sandwich, and you're like, yeah, I want avocado and mayonnaise on my sandwich. Uberstein.fuzzman.bandcamp.com. Go do that. All right. I got to give some advice here. Um, who wrote in, and uh, he gave, gave me some advice for where to go eat. So he goes to this coffee place, okay? It's in Portland. Great brunch. Uh, This girl who works there has been chatting with him recently. He said, last time I was there, she had my coffee ready. Great sign. First of all, great worker. Okay? Whether she's flirting with you at all, she's got your coffee ready. She knows you're coming in. That's a great worker. I used to do that when I would bartend. I'd see someone outside. I'm like, boom, I have the drink. They They would sit down. The drink was there for them. So, which is also a sign of a girl who might be interested, but... Nonetheless, even if she's not, she's got great work ethic, and that's a great quality in a human being. Um, so the other day I came in, she had my coffee ready. I walked around the counter to hand. She walked around the counter to hand it to me, and mentioned she liked my cologne. And he wrote, "Definitely make a move, right?" Yeah, bro. She's saying she likes your cologne. Now, I'm married, but if someone smells nice, guy or girl, I always mention, I'm "Like, dude, you smell good." Or to a woman, you smell nice. Because why are we trying to smell nice? So that people think we smell nice. Yeah, we want to smell nice. My boy Andrew Sicking, we were at a table read the other day, maybe a month ago. I sat down. He smelled nice. I'm like, dude, you smell good. He's like, yeah, this is what I wear. It's blah, blah, blah. I've been wearing it 15 years. Boom. Uh... He goes, thing is, I just got out of a two-year relationship, which ended badly. And I know I'm definitely interested in the coffee girl. And, oh, sorry. And I know I'm not ready to start something new just yet. I'm definitely interested in the coffee girl. Seems very promising. Any advice on my next move? Here's the deal. When I was single, I used to have a rule. The rule was I don't date anybody who's been in a relationship within the last six months. I just wouldn't. I would fool around with you and I would hang out with you, but we were not boyfriend, girlfriend. We were not dating for my own protection because I just know in my head... In my head, I need at least six months, at least. 
And I want someone who's done the due diligence to know that they need six months. Because what do do they want? You want someone who's going to rebound and then after like a year and a half, they're like, what am I doing? I didn't even have a chance to get to know myself again. I didn't even get to heal. You don't want that. So I get what you're saying. (sighs) Now, what my question to you is, are you thinking like, yeah, I'm into this chick as I would be into a girlfriend, you know what I mean? First of all, you said it ended badly. Did she crush you? Did you get crushed? Two, did, you know, are you still hurt? If you're still hurt, then yeah, you got to dial it back. But I also believe that honesty cures everything. So like if you, you, let's just say you were like, you know, some girls you see and you're like, that's girlfriend material. That's wife material. So you just like stay away because you don't want to fuck it up with some like thing that's meaningless. But if you're saying like, I don't know about all that, but I do know that I w- she's super cute to me and she's funny and she's smart and that's what I'm getting and she's clearly into you, then maybe it's worth being like, hey, I just got out of something serious. But if you want to like go hang out and if like, and we fool around, we fool around. Sure. But you know, I don't know. It's also that kind of thing. Like I had a buddy who was always hitting on bartenders and waitresses. And then like we started being like, hey, let's go to this place. And he's like, oh, we can't go there. So and so. And like, like, dude, we can't go anywhere anymore because you can't find a different uh, uh, group of people to hit on. See, my next move, if it were me, you know, it ended badly. I'm definitely interested in the coffee girl. Seems very promising. Yeah, listen, man. You sound like a cool dude. So I imagine that you're going to have a lot of promising opportunities. So if this, you know, you don't want to be the guy who was just, you were just in a relationship. So you're probably clearly thinking about everything as a relationship. I don't know how old you are. What if you're 38? You're like, I need to get married soon. Dude, if you're like 32, go date. Unplug your brain from relationship guy and plug it into, yeah, I'm just seeing people and go out and do stuff and go to cool things with different people. I was never like that. I could never date multiple girls. I could have meaningless uh, relationships with different girls. You know what I mean? Where I was like, listen, if, you know, but I couldn't be like, oh, I go on a couple dates with this girl. I just couldn't do it. I just would like, when I really liked a girl, I was like, that's the girl I want to be with. Um So I don't really know if I'm giving you any advice on that. You know what I mean? I really don't know what to tell you, man. My thing would be, I'm a married dude. So if I wasn't married, I'd probably be like, no. I've been married now nine years together for 13. If we broke up tomorrow, I would be like, any kind of relationship? I'd be like, nope. Because I probably wouldn't want to be. You know what I mean? It's a lot that goes into it. And I can imagine just two years you're emotionally drained. Sure. So I would say if she seems cool, she might find someone else. And that's just going to be the risk you take. Or you could be like, fuck it. Let me just ask her if she wants to go do something and tell her ahead ahead of time. Like, listen, I want to go out with you. And I want to go have a good time. I just want to let you know I just got out of something. I'd love to just go out and like just don't want any expectations. But then you want to be the guy who's fucking this. You can be like, all right, geez, it's so heavy. I just want to go out somewhere. I don't know. Just don't forget at the same time, just you asking someone out doesn't mean you're committing to them for life. You could be like, hey, I've, you know, it's been a while since I've done this, but you seem really cool. Would you want to? You don't even have to say that. You could just go in one morning and she'll be like, hey, hey, and be like, hey. And you could just say to her like, hey, do you like music or do you like museums? Or do you like soccer? I know Portland's got a good soccer team. 
whatever it be. And if she's like, yeah, I'm like, would you want to go to uh, this art museum or would you want to go to this game or would you want to go see a music band? You want to go drink wine and paint? You know, those, <laughs> you know those places you can paint and drink at the same time? Do that. There's no pressure on you. You don't owe anyone anything by taking them on a date. Go. Have fun. If fun is really fun and you guys end up making out, cool. And if you end up making out and then you end up taking your clothes off, cool. And if you end up fucking banging, cool. If none of that happens, whatever. You don't owe anyone anything. You know, like at some point we all got to get used to the idea that we're all grown people and whatever things have happened to you or from other people, you're still an adult and you got to make decisions on your own. So don't don't take on guilt before you even talk to this girl about anything. She might say no, dude. She may be like, uh, no, I'm good, actually. Um, I just thought you had good cologne because you're so desperate, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Um, favorite records, hip-hop, jazz, current. Do you like anything current, Jay? Um I bounce around. My buddy was just out here and he was like asking me for music and I was like, I've been listening to a ton of Post Malone. I was listening to Post Malone like all the time. I can't listen to it with your kids because he fucking says, fuck shit, bitch, fuck every two seconds. You're like, dude, can you just find one except for Sunflower from the Spider-Man song, which got us all into it. And then I started finding all these. I'm like, dude, this is so fun. I listened to it on the way to stand up. Now this morning... I put on um, the Rushmore soundtrack, which I love. It's so goddamn good. Um, and then I put on Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine, dude. I mean, God, that song is so good. Um, and then, like I said, around the house, I've been listening to Ray Charles with the kids and Stevie Wonder with the kids. And, like, I tell them, like, you know, this guy was blind. Can you believe that? Like, think for two seconds. I go, see that? He's playing the piano right now. He's blind. It's so fun to like talk to them about these things. So I'm always looking for different stuff, genres, um, types of people to like show these kids. And then this, we that was a couple days ago. We were listening to Ray Charles this morning. We were listening to Dvorak. I mentioned earlier because my daughter brought it up. Um, and I was listening to Ben Folds Five. I like jazz, and I keep saying I want to like go to jazz. Like this is a place called the Green Mill in Chicago, and I went out there one night, and it was just the coolest. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. And it's like it's like a, like a bigger band jazz so like maybe 15 people versus like a trio like Medeski Martin and Wood which is like a jazz trio um so I kind of want to like go out somewhere and like see some jazz and I've been saying this guys for years that I want to go there's this place in LA I could go Harvell's there's the baked potato there's other places I could go I just never do I don't make the effort and I should um I wish I knew and <clears throat> I wish I knew more hip-hop in jazz or current shit i just hear stuff and i'm like if i like it i have no problem listening to old stuff over and over and over and over and over and over i just have no problem with it um i think that's it guys i think that's it for this week um like i said if you're listening all the way through i love you if you're sharing with friends i love you if you're coming to see me live in cities i love you i love you i love you i love you it means the world to me and uh, I appreciate anyone who appreciates these little things in life that I like. And uh, I hope I can keep making it interesting for you guys because uh, you're the only reason I do it. Okay, guys. Till next week. Bye. Bye.